0: This morning. Sing number one hundred or number twenty eight. I will sing the wondrous story. Number twenty eight. Wonderful story of Jesus Christ that we can sing about, we can talk about, and we can know of. the wonderful story of what He did here for us when He came here to the earth. And He overcame all things. And He hung on that cross and He overcame death. And He was raised victorious out of the grave. And we can see victory today. Only through Him. Not by what good works we do. But by having faith and repenting of our sins. We can see victory. So let's all this morning, let's pay close attention to what He would have to give to us today. To be encouraged in His Word. To be encouraged Of what His work is here upon the earth. And how we can be a part of it. He said, I came here for the sins of the whole world. He says, it is my Father's will that all men be saved. So much so that He sent His Son here. To go through what He did here for you and me. He took our sins. He took our punishment. The price has been paid. Will we use it? And will we give Him the honor and the glory for all that He's done? So let's thank Him this morning. And let's be at one with Him. And see victory as we go through this day. I believe this morning, we're going to read some here. I believe we read last week, we read the second chapter of Titus. I want to read the first chapter this morning. Starting at the first verse says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. I want us all to think about what he's saying here. First of all, he's just instructing and he's encouraging this young man. And he's telling him... That according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. And what is the truth? The truth is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The truth is how He has laid out for us to live our life here upon the earth and how we should believe upon Him. Which is after godliness, He says. Which is getting away from the things of this world, putting that all aside... And becoming godly. And then in that next, in that second verse there, he says, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested His word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Hope of eternal life. And I hope that's why we've everyone's come out here today to try to know more about that eternal life. But he says that we can live in that and we can have hope of eternal life which God, that cannot lie, hath promised. And he says he promised before the, the world began he had a way for man to have that eternal life for salvation. But then he goes on and he tells about in our day and in what he has done all the way along. He says, But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of our God, our sa- commandment of God, our Savior. And I believe today that that is my job today to make that manifest to you. Through the preaching that I will do and through the words that I can hear, I can read and discourse to you about. The commitment that we can make and the commitment that God has made that you can have eternal life. Now he says that we can have, he says that in eternal life, in hope of eternal life. And we can, we can have that hope. But we can also be assured, we are assured of that eternal life if we follow what He says do. He has made that promise. All of those, He says, that believe upon me, that love me, and he goes on and he ties several things to those things. If we believe upon him, he says, you hear my words, you will keep my commandments. You will do the things I ask you to do. He says, if you love me with that true love, with that charity, that undivided love, he says, you will keep my commandments. These are the things that he has committed unto us. According to the commandments of God our Savior. And He has also told us that we can know of a surety. He says, if you ask, you shall receive. If we truly ask, we shall receive. And that will give us that hope. And we can know that we can have that. We can be assured of having that hope. Not just going around saying, well, I believe that I've got it. Or I hope I have it. He says that we can have hope of eternal life because we can know we have that Spirit. And that we know we have that connection with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's how we can have that hope is because we know of a surety that I have that connection. When I I was just reading recently in Acts and all about the things that... That took place there. And all the people that when they heard the word. It was on several different occasions. He said they were saved. They came into the church. That spiritual church. They were added to that. Because they believed. They believed the word that was being spoken in that day. And they were trusting that it was the truths of God. And he says they can now have that eternal life. And this is what I want us to all to remember and understand, that it's available to each and every one of us. doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, where you come from. That Spirit of the Holy Ghost is available to all that want to repent and have full faith and trust. And be baptized for the remission of your sins. That's what he is telling us all about. And then he says to Titus, my own son, after the common faith, says grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. You now he's wanting to just direct his comments to this one person. This letter that he was writing but i feel like that it's it, we could take our name and put right in that same place we could take your name whoever it might be or this group of people and say my own son after the common faith if we have heard his word if we have been encouraged by his word now we are a son of god grace Mercy and peace, grace, the power of God, the love of God, mercy, the forgiveness of God, and peace, that peace that bring, He brings upon you when you see and know that Satan has no more power over you. When you see and know that you can be a son of God, that you are a son of God. Not just that you can be. We all should understand that we can be. But are you truly in that position? When we receive that grace of God, that mercy of God, that peace of God, he says that is from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we can build. Our hope. And that's what we can build our knowledge on. Eternal life. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldst set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. He gave him a job to do and he went out and he was teaching and preaching. And he was helping others as he went into one other town or another town. He was there helping others that would be able to teach and to preach the wonderful words of God. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, But a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre. And he's just talking about people there that would be able to go out and to teach and to preach the Word, what their qualifications, some of them, should be. But a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate now these are all the attributes that should be in each and every one of us it doesn't yes it should be in the leaders there the people who are leading the church here upon the earth that should be there but it should all of these attributes should be in each and every one of our lives a lover of hospitality a lover of good men sober just holy temperate holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may abide by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. By sound doctrine. And that's the word of Jesus Christ. By sound doctrine to be able to encourage and convince those who are unbelievers That is the the position that we we should be holding fast the faithful Word as He hath been taught. And who is it that can teach you and I today? The Word of God. He has made that promise that I will write it in your mind and put it in your heart. I will be there with you. And I will teach you how and what you should do here so that you can encourage others. And that's what he was telling him here. That by sound doctrine, and that's the doctrine of Jesus Christ, that's the doctrine that we can read about. It's the doctrine that Paul was able to receive on the way down there to Damascus. Nobody was there teaching him. That doctrine was given to him by revelation from Jesus Christ. And then as others, he didn't go up and go to other places to try to be taught by Peter or James or John or the others. He put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And then he was able then to go and to teach and to preach the wonderful words of life. Immediately there, even after he had gone down there in Damascus to destroy the believers. To bring them back, to have them put into into jail or to have them put to death. Whatever it might have been. But before he left Damascus, he was there preaching Jesus Christ and Him, the Son of God, and Him salvation. And there was many of the Jews there that were astonished at what was taking place in Paul. But it was nothing more but the Spirit of the Holy Ghost that was within him. And that was leading him and directing him in everything that he was doing. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Now be careful with these kind of things, friends. Be careful what you listen to and where you go and what what kind of message that you hear. For this is just what Paul was instructing this young man. Be careful and make sure that if you are appointing, you are helping someone to get in one of these positions, to be an authority there in the church, make sure that he is following and living in accordance with what I am saying here. And he says, he goes on then, and he says in that 10th verse, he says, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. We need to be very careful in our day that we are positive and that we know that what we are hearing, what we are listening to is coming from the Lord, coming from Jesus Christ, so that we are not being deceived we are not of those like there the, of the circumcision and this was look this was right after christ had been here upon the earth a few years there but there were still people that was trying to hold on to the law there may be people here today trying to hold on to things that was one time taught that we can see and know that it was not accurate and was not true we must put our faith and trust in the Word of God and what salvation is. But I know this, that He has been with us. And I know that there has been many things in my lifetime that He has brought about that has been good for this group of people. And I want to see us continue in these things. I want to see us grow spiritually. I want to see every one of us get closer and closer. To Jesus Christ and Father and Father. From the things of this world. But be careful. He says for there are many. And just remember this was right there. Within the first century there. After Christ was here upon the earth. And here was Paul doing a miraculous work. And Peter doing a miraculous work. Throughout the world. Or throughout those countries over there in that time. He says. But he was able to see and know. And he says, For there are many unruly, vain talkers and deceivers, especially of the circumcision of that group of people that was holding on to the law. I don't want to hold on to anything that the Lord has condemned, that the Lord has said that that was not right and now I have a better way for you. I want to be reconciled, and I want to be ready for change, whatever it might be. But I don't want to go out into change if it's not what the Lord wants us to do. I want to be following Him. Whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Again, just look. He he was warning them about conditions. About how that these he says these mouths must be stopped because they were not following, they were not teaching the Word of God in that day they wanted to their own self righteousness is one of the things what they were wanting to push, and they did not want to believe in Jesus Christ and his saving power that came from God, who subvert whole houses, he said teaching things which they ought not. And some, he says they are for filthy lucre's sake. For worldly gain. They were actually doing those things. And we can see that throughout the world today. People doing and teaching things against the Word of God for worldly gain. Should never be. And let's don't let these things once be named among us. One of themselves, even a prophet of, them own, of their own, said, "The cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies." Now, Paul was just warning this man again, and, and and be careful what you hear. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you listen to. And that's what I'd want us to do today. And he was warning. he said, even the prophet of their own, their own prophet years before had talked about these people. They are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. Go back and just look at how the children of Israel, and we've read a lot about that recently and discussed about it, but how they came out and they did not want to follow the Lord. They were murmuring and complaining. They were liars. They were just did not want to follow Him. They said, yes, we will follow you. But then they turned right around and and did not do that. Did not want to hear the wonderful words that He had and did not want to follow what God was asking them to do in that day. They did not want to put their trust in there even after they had said, yes, we will follow Him. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Paul is just telling him, he says, Now, this witness that I have taught to you, Titus, this witness that you have learned from Jesus Christ, that the Spirit has been able to instruct you in, he says, this witness is true. And I want to tell you today, the witness of Jesus Christ and His Word is true Today. And he says, wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. And I want us to everyone to know that today. And to rebuke Satan in every situation. And let's get closer to him. Let's walk in a way that we believe in that true witness. And that we are sound in the faith. That our Spiritual life is rooted and grounded in the faith of Jesus Christ. Not in what I feel like that I need to do. But what Jesus Christ is leading His people in. And that can be and is different. And it is awfully easy for Satan to come into your life. And to tell you that this is what you need to be doing. And you need to be getting away from this and that. This is old fashioned. What did he say up there? This witness is true. And I know and I believe that his witness right here with us is the truths of God. And if we aren't following them, something is wrong. If we, are, if we have that worldly attitude in us and we aren't willing to get it all out and to put it all into His hands and to follow Him, there is something wrong. And it's not in Him. His Word is there. His truths are good. Not giving heed. No, this is what He took to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. And we should not be doing that at all today. Giving heed to fables and giving heed to the commandments of men. Things that that men are telling us that we should be doing. But let it be sure that it's coming from God. And I want to tell you that this was coming from a man. Paul was the one that was writing these things. Paul was the one that was telling him how and what that God was requiring out of the people and how he should go out and to preach and teach. But then he turned right around there. And he was telling them not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men. That turn from the truth. But let's be there. Following the commandments that come. These, Paul was given this thing. It was coming through Paul. And he tells in another place, he says, Follow me as I follow Christ. And that's what he is asking for us to do today, is to follow him. Now, people can look around and they can always be saying that we go and you just, all you're doing is following men. That's not the case at all. Don't let that be the case, but let it be that you are following the truths of God. Unto the pure all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. There is nothing pure in man. Unto the pure all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving... Is nothing pure. And that is, that's in the unbelieving man, the unsaved man. There is nothing pure about him. He can go out and he can try to live a moral life and do all kind of things that's good, but it will not save him at all. He says there is nothing that is pure in the unbeliever, but even their mind and their conscience is defiled. But go back up to the very beginning of that verse. He says unto the pure. All things are pure. And how can we be pure? New birth. Putting our faith and trust in Him. And having that new birth. That's how we can have that. That's how we can be a part of it. Unto the pure. All things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God. But in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient and into every good work reprobate. And we can look around throughout the world. We can look around right in our own group here if we aren't careful and we can see some of the same thing. They profess that they know God. They profess that I am a Christian. But in works, they deny Him. Now why would Paul put that in there if that has nothing to do with how we live our life? How would he warn him? Why would he do that? They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient and every good work reprobate. If we profess that we know God, if we have that new spirit within us, then that new spirit is going to bring forth righteous fruits within you. Righteous works within you. And that's what he's meaning here. But in works they deny him. If we truly have that new birth and that truly spirit within you, then your works, the works of the spirit then, will be good works within you. And they will not deny That you know Christ. It will show that you do know Christ. And that you do know God because of the works that is there. What did he say? He says, let that light shine in you. Let that Spirit shine in you. So that others may be able to see your good works. Now this is what Christ said. And give God the honor and the glory. Not you. It's not your good works. It's only the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And the good works are not going to save us. It is having faith and repentance of sin and receiving of that new birth. And that's what brings forth what he's talking about here. You, those works of that Spirit will not deny that God is within you. We read this second chapter last week. There may be a few things I might just touch a little bit on again. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. And that's what should be in our life and everything that we do. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. that is excellent advice for us all and we can just put our faith and trust in him by living in accordance with that let's turn over to James I want to read a little bit there this will be the first chapter of James James wrote this letter to the people, to the twelve tribes, he says, that were scattered abroad. First chapter of James, first verse. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Now I want you to think. Look how he started out this letter. Here he was going to write something and he, to encourage the brothers and sisters, write something so that they could understand more about how God and how Christ would have us to live our life here upon the earth. And he started out. He says, "I'm writing this letter there to the twelve tribes of Abraham." To the all the way back that goes all the way back to him. Twelve tribes of Israel. But listen, what the next verse was, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Now what? Why would he bring that up? Immediately when he started out. He says, brethren, be joyous when you fall into all kinds of temptations, when the temptations come upon you. And then he goes on to explain about that, of what those temptations can do, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, he just immediately, he's telling me, he says, now when these temptations come upon you, you have the power of God. You've got faith that, that God will overcome these in you. He says, you've got that faith. And this is what I want you to use. And he says, now... Use knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience in you. Wait upon the Lord is what he's talking about. Don't try to get ahead of him. Don't try to say, Well, I've got to do this or got to do that. Just wait on him to show you what you, what, and how to go through those trials and those temptations. And he says that works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let patience have her perfect work. Who, if we're waiting on God, we're waiting on Jesus Christ to lead us through, and who is He, and what is righteousness? The righteous spirit that he has had and that he says there that he will give to us and that perfect and that faith in Jesus Christ works patience in us, then he says, Let patience have her perfect work. He said, Let God, who is perfect, and Jesus Christ, who is perfect, do their work in you. What he said. Let God, who is perfect, do his work in you. Because that patience of waiting upon him have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. He will give us all that we need spiritually. Everything that we need to go through this life spiritually, He will give it to us entirely. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Now again, now think about that. What did He just tell this, these People. He was writing this to a huge, a large group of people scattered all around throughout the countries over in that day. And then he just wanted them to know, if you lack wisdom, if you lack spiritual wisdom, where's the first place you need to go to? To God. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Listen, liberally. He didn't say that He'd just give you a little bit here and there. He'll give us liberally. He'll give us all that we need. And upbraideth not, and it shall be given to Him. Given Him. If we ask, and we ask right. And let him he goes on and he explains some of these things, some of the qualifications and some of the ways that we must live. Listen to what he does. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Let him ask in faith. And what does that mean? He says, he that asks that it's the will of the Lord shall be done. Shall receive what he asks. If he asks that if it's the Lord's will it be done. That was one of the things that he instructed his disciples how, how to ask and how to pray. Let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Listen to that. Let him ask in faith. Faith. That Jesus Christ and God the Father are going to give us what we need. I have faith that they will give us what we need. I have faith that they will give us the knowledge and understanding... Of all that we need to know spiritually, let, it, let not man, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Listen to that. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. The one. That is tossed and just goes from one thing to the other. One that is tossed by the waves. And he is—he goes from this doctrine to this doctrine. Ever learning but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Isn't that very sober thought there? That if we aren't asking and if we aren't seeking the way that he would have for us to ask. He says you won't receive anything from the Lord. There's a way that seems right unto man that leads to destruction. But the way of God, the way of of Jesus Christ will lead to eternal life. Let a double, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We've got to have that full faith. We've got to be grounded and rooted in the truth. We can't say that, yes, I am a Christian, but then not follow what God is showing his people to do. I can't, I'm a double-minded man. If that's the case. And he says he is unstable in all his ways. And especially he's unstable in the way of Christ. In the way of the truth. In all his ways he says he is unstable. A double minded man. Let the brother of low degree rejoice. In that he is exalted. But the rich, in that he is made low because of the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. But the rich, let the brother of low degree rejoice. And that he is exalted. And don't be exalted in our own self. He says, let the brother that is in low degree here, that people look upon him, that maybe is he is not educated. Well, that's what people's gonna say about Christians today anyway, that you're just a bunch of uneducated people is what they try to put on people who believe in God. He says, Let the brother of low degree, but even that, if people Put that upon you. If that's the way they look upon you, He says rejoice. Goes back up there to that top. And He says, Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. And rejoice. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted in the Word of God, not in himself. He is exalted and he is built up Spiritually. Not the natural part. He wants none of that. He wants to be spiritually brought up so that then he can rejoice in the Word of God, rejoice in the kingdom of God, rejoice in knowing that I have been born again. But the rich. And that he is made low because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. And remember that. The rich. And if we are rich in our own self, let's let him come into our life and make us low. To make us low because of the flower of the grass, we'll pass away here. And if we leave here rich in our own self, rich in our own mind, rich in our works, we'll be no different than the grass that grows and it comes up and then it withers away. I want to be a part of that, that this good seed, it falls upon good ground. And it grows. It comes forth. And it grows. And it brings forth fruit. Some 30, some 40, some 50, some 60. Whatever your ability is, whatever He gives to you, you can bring forth that. Let the brother of low degree rejoice, but the rich, in that he is made low, Because of the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Being rich in our own self. We can, be, we can have riches of this world that we also hold in high respect. We look upon that, and that is our God. We worship that more than worshiping Jesus Christ. But that is our God. And that's what he says. He says, For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace and fashion of it perisheth. And man in all his glory, in all his glory that man has, that he looks upon how great he is and all the things that he has done, will perish. It will all be done away with. All the things that we have here upon the earth that we hold so tightly and we hold so great will be done away. It is temporary. But that soul is eternal. That spirit part is eternal. And we have the choice to receive Christ Jesus, to be at one with Him, and to see victory. Or we have the choice to follow our own way and be rich in our own mind and perish. So shall also the rich man fade away in his ways. If it is in his ways, it will fade away. If it is in God, you will not be satisfied and you will not be At peace, fighting against it. Repent. Blessed is the man that endureth temptations. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of promise to them that love him. Blessed is the man that endureth temptations. And there's only one way that we can endure them rightly. And again, that's having that new birth, the power of God, for when He is tried, He shall receive the crown of life. When we are tried and we let then that Spirit overcome it all, when that takes place, then He shall receive, He says, the crown of life. Receive that eternal life which the Lord hath promised To them that love Him. And He's talking about that has that love for Him that will repent of our sins and that will put it all into His hands. That's the love that He's talking about. That all of them that love Him. The crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love Him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth He any man. God cannot be tempted with evil. God will not tempt you with evil. God will allow things to come upon you. He will allow temptations to come there. But He is there. He says, I will not allow anything, any temptation to come upon you, but what there is a way for you to escape. There is a way for you to overcome it. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Now listen to that. Do you ever see that in ourselves that we are tempted with things because we are allowing... This body, the lust in this body, to have control. He says, that's why you are tempted. That's why you are drawn away. That's why, listen to that again. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed to commit those things. He is drawn away by that. When Satan tempts you, when that temptation comes, get it out of your life immediately. Get it out. Don't let it sit there. Say, so Satan, get behind me. Then, when lust hath conceived, listen to this. This is very a serious warning. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Listen to this morning. Let's read. Let's start at that 14th verse and let's read that again. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When we allow This body to be lusting after, to wanting something. It doesn't matter what all it is envy, strife, anger, thieves, stealing, lust of the body, whatever he says. These are things that is tempting to us when he is drawn away of his own lust, he's drawn away by being tempted and letting Satan then not using the power to overcome it and entice, then when lust hath conceived, when those things there, we leave it in our mind and then it starts to build. We don't immediately get it out. It starts to build and to grow and he says then it's conceived there and it starts to grow and it brings forth sin because we're allowing it to stay there we're now becoming involved in it we've been tempted with it and now we're becoming involved in that and then he says then then he says that brings forth sin when we do that And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. When sin is finished, when we then just agree with that, we know that we shouldn't be involved in it, but we just go on because we desire a sinful lifestyle, and we just go into that. He says, then... That sin brings forth death. a spiritual death. And we don't want any part of that. And then He just warns us. He says, Do not err, my beloved brother. Do not let Satan get you in that position. You've got the power to overcome it. If... You've had that new birth. If you can't overcome sin, if sin is just in your life and there's something there that's just constantly coming up to you and you're getting involved in it, something's wrong. It is you. Because you don't have that new birth if that is the case. Because He has made it very plain and clear that I will over that new birth, that new spirit will overcome sin in you. Now that does not mean that you're going to live a perfect life. It means there that that we're not going to be just habitually in sin out here living in these things and just going on about it. We may find ourselves that we have made a mistake, we have sinned. And that's where He says there to come to Him. He says, my Father is quick to forgive. He says, I am there Mediating for you at the right hand of God. He says, that's where I am. That's what I am doing for you. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness. Neither shadow of turning... Of His own will begot He us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creature. Now listen to what He's telling us now. He's warning us. He's told us, don't err. And then He goes on and He says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And what is the good gift and what is the perfect gift? It's power over sin. The Spirit of the Holy Ghost being given to you. That is that good gift. That is the perfect gift that comes from above. That comes from God through Jesus Christ. And cometh down from the Father of lights in with whom is no variableness. And there is no variableness in Him at all. His Word is the truth. There is no evilness in Him. Neither shadow of turning. Of His own will begat He us with the word of truth. It was His will. It's His will that we be saved. And He says, "By of His will begat He us with the word of truth. That's what He gave to us. The word of truth. That new spirit through Jesus Christ. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore my beloved brethren. Let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to raft. For the raft of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Listen carefully friends. Again remember he was writing these things to encourage the people. To rebuke sin and to encourage them in righteousness. And he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, every man be quick to hear the word of God, slow to speak. Keep that mouth under control, he says. Another place he says there, and we'll probably read about that, what he talks about the, the tongue. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to raft, for the raft of man worketh not the righteousness of God. When we see us in that condition... It says, the raft of, God, of man worketh not the righteousness of God. He wants us to be kind and gentle, but firm and bold. But never, never letting the raft of man come out of us. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Listen to that. Now he's telling them. He says, wherefore, brothers, and that's what I want you to know today, wherefore, every one of you, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, all thoughts of naughtiness. All deeds of naughtiness. It doesn't matter what it is. He says, lay apart. Get that out of your life. Don't be involved in it at all. And receive with meekness. Not in arrogancy. You know, we can come across that way. But he says, receive with meekness. The engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Be, receive that, the engrafted word. And what does that mean? You take a plant, a tree, and you can take a limb and graft that into that tree. And that branch will bring forth fruit. Because, but if you leave that branch away from that, don't graft it into that tree, it will wither and die if you cut it off from the original one. And what he's wanting us to do here is to be engrafted as a branch of Christ, to be engrafted into the Word of God, into the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. With meekness and receive with meekness the engrafted Word, letting that Word be put into you, brought into you, which is able to save your souls. That's the only way that your soul can be saved, is receiving the Word of God and living by it. But be ye doers of the Word. And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Again, listen. He says, Be ye doers of the word. Follow him. And not hearers only. We can go around and we can say, I hear this from the Lord, I hear what he's saying, I hear the word. But are you doing it? Are you following it? Is your life showing that you are living his word? and that's what he's talking about here. but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves for if any man for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is likened to a man beholding his face in a natural glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. He was. Think about that. What he was saying there. He says, If any man, if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like this a man that he looks upon himself in the mirror. And he may see all about his features and everything there. But then when he goes away and he decides he is going to get involved in other things, he forgets that he may have owned those clothes that he does not want to get sold. He forgets about that, that he had just looked in the mirror and he saw that. And now he goes out and he forgets that and he just goes into doing things there. And he soils those clothes and he ruins them. He says, That's just exactly the way that the one is that hears my word and is not a doer. He forgets about who he really is and what he really is. Be a part of him. He that beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh unto the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed, in his works, in the way that he does, in in his life here upon the earth. He says, he shall be blessed in his He, read that again, but whoso looketh unto the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, you look into it, you see what it takes, he says, he that starts to build that tower, he says, count the cost, so when you look into what it takes to have eternal life, He says, now, whoso looketh unto the perfect law of liberty. That's what you're seeing and you say, okay, how can I have that? How can I have that eternal life? How can we do that? How can you receive that? If any man among you seem to be... I'm sorry, let me go back to that. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, and being not a forgetful hearer, we hear it. And we see and we know, okay, how can we receive that? He says, have faith in Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, and be baptized. For the remission of those sins. He, being not a forgetful hearer, then, he goes and he does the things that God has asked him to do, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. He shall receive that new birth, is what he's saying. If any man among you seem to be religious, And bridleth not his tongue. But deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. We must. Keep that tongue under control. And that is in each and every one of us. I know that that is a. Something that can get us into trouble. I know it has gotten me into trouble before. We must. Listen to what he said. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Just living in accordance with what he's saying, so that we are not being defiled and that that garment is not being spotted by the things of the world pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction that's not that's just part of of those things. He says that's what pure religion will have people with that kind of mindset that they will want to be helping and doing what they can for others that maybe doesn't have it as good as them. And then he goes on, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now that means a lot. That covers a tremendous amount of ground when you say To keep ourselves unspotted from the world. That goes back to what Paul said. And you've heard me quote it numerous times. That he stays under this body. And brings it into subjection. Lest even after he had preached to others. He said I myself should be a castaway. We have to work. We have to use the power of God. Use His Spirit to keep this body and to keep that soul unspotted of sin. Go back over there and and read there that 15th verse. Then when lust hath conceived, bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brother. Do not let Satan steal a march on you. He's very deceitful, and he can make things look awfully pretty. And yes, following God, you have to go against the current. You got to go against the world. To follow Him. The flesh doesn't like that. It wants. And it loves darkness. Rather than light. But that new spirit will fill you with light. And He says if that body. Is filled. If this tabernacle. This body is filled with that spiritual light. He says that. How great a light that is. That is. But He says, if that eye or that body be filled with darkness, how great that is and it will lead to destruction. We can have that light. We can be filled with it. And we can see victory. Listen carefully to His Word. If any of you lack wisdom, ask of God... That giveth to all men liberally, and ye shall receive. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 118, face to face, number 118. Thank yeah. you. meet him face to face we're going to every one meet him face to face and what will it be with us that's the question i want us all to keep in mind and whatever it is let's clean it out of our life and see victory in jesus christ let us pray to god the father I thank You for Your wonderful words that we have read today and we've discussed. And we just beg that everyone that has a desire to know You and to move up will be able to come to You. I know that You are there with that reached out hand. And I know that You will be with all of those that are struggling, that wants to know more, that wants to get closer to You. You will relieve them of their burden. God, just be with us in the upcoming days and show us what You'd have for us to do with the things You've entrusted into our hands and how we can be a part of Your kingdom here on the earth. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.